We all want to be great leaders who are confident, productive, and highly energized. But if you don't learn foundational leadership skills, research shows you'll face problems with communication, performance, engagement, and employee retention. The stakes are high. How can you quickly learn essential leadership skills? Hey, it's Dustin, and you're listening to another episode of The Burleson Box. On today's program, I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Karen Gordon, author of The Three Chairs, How Great Leaders Drive Communication, Performance, and Engagement. On today's episode, Karen and I will discuss a proven leadership framework to transform anyone's ability to lead others. It's the simplicity of this model that has led to this book reaching number two on the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and number one Amazon's bestselling list. Dr. Gordon's unique approach will show listeners how to identify great leadership, master communication, enhance proper goal setting, and improve our decision making. I'm so excited for you to dig into this episode with me. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. trying to increase your treatment plan close rates while also increasing revenue? How can you do both for your dental practice without burning out an already burdened staff? The answer? Remote dental monitoring. You need a trusted HIPAA-compliant app that helps you and your staff work smarter, not harder. This needs to be an easy-to-use, easy-onboard app that your patients will find fun to use and will increase their engagement and success with aligners. You need the InHand Dental app. The InHand Dental app allows you to engage with your patients in real time, send individual and batched messages, and solve problems to increase compliance without using up chair time. The result? Happy patients, happy staff, and happy practices. With more revenue and the ability to do more starts. With prices starting as low as $149 a month, it's perfect for a growing aligner business. Check us out and learn more at InHandDental.com. Plus, mention Burleson for a 20% off discount on your subscription when you contact us. That's InHandDental.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome onto the show Dr. Karen Gordon. Karen, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Your book is brilliant. It's called The Three Chairs, How Great Leaders Drive Communication, Performance, and Engagement. I always start by asking, why did you write the book? And how did you get to the point where you were able to write such a great book? Oh, thank you. Well, um, it's been a really a work in progress. I created The Three Chairs format almost, well, 25 years ago. And so it's been one of those topics that it's been kind of like around, floating around in my head. I'm like, one day I've got to re- like sit down and actually write the book. And then I actually just started it just before COVID. And then, of course, COVID in this way was a bit of a gift because it gave me a little bit of time just to kind of put my head down and get it done. So I'm just so thrilled that it's done. And I'm so thrilled with the feedback that we've received from it. So I'm so glad to hear that you read it and you enjoyed it. And, you know, it's these kind of conversations is exactly why I wanted to, to write it to really help to inspire great leaders, regardless of whether or not people are professionals or parents or managers or business owners to really teach that all of us can learn how to be a great leader, both at work and home, and that this is a, there, there's a pathway to actually do it. Yeah. I encourage everyone listening to go get the book. It's got a brilliant foreword by Robert Hershevik, my, my favorite shark on Shark Tank. 
and he says, and it just like resonated so deeply, he says, and, and you highlight in the book how to overcome a lot of this, that our greatest battle really for becoming a great leader is, is ourselves, right? Yes. Yeah. And this real, this book is really, it's really around how each person can become their own, uh, their own ver- version of themselves, how you can really develop leadership. And when I say the word leadership, it's a mindset. It's not a position. It's not a role. You can actually start teaching leadership to children. I talk about that in the book. So leadership is really, it's a mindset that we're trying to develop for all ages. And, um, but it really does start with self because if we can't really lead our own life, then how on earth are we going to actually lead other people? So leadership does really start with self. And this book is a really good kind of a kickstart way of, in terms of how do you do that? So I love that it's not just someone's opinion. You were in clinical practice for a long time, right? Developing these systems yes. and tools before you became a best-selling author, right? Yes. And actually, I still practice very, very part-time. Um, I felt like it was really important just to, for me to still kind of keep those kind of credentials. Find people people like the fact that I'm still kind of on the ground, um, you know, even though I'm doing, you know, I'm speaking in eight conferences over the next two weeks. So I do most of my work now <laughs> is, most of my work is now speaking um, at conferences and we, we started and launched a leadership. Academy, so that all everybody can basically start learning these leadership skills, whether or not you know whether again if you're a parent or professional business owner, uh, because they are really so easy to learn. Like once somebody actually hears it, I mean, again, the book is a kind of a good kickstart to it, but. For a lot of people, they're like, I don't know where to start. Like, I want to become a great leader. I want to develop a great mindset. I want to be a confident uh, person, but I don't know where to start. And so that's where, you know, the book and our academy can really just kind of help jumpstart that process. And a huge takeaway for me is this isn't just for the doctors and business owners listening right. to this. It's for everyone in their team, right? You showed a, you quote, a shocking fact from the Journal of Behavioral Science, which shows, quote, 70% of adults struggle with imposter syndrome. Yes. And I just, it just really hit me, you know, like a, like a two by four to the forehead. Cause yeah. I think we often feel inadequate, right? We don't feel like we really are worthy of our current role or position. Can yeah. we talk about how that has led to, you know, I want to get into the, the three chairs and the three main attitudes that drive how we behave, but did that shock you or maybe not because you're a professional in this area? It didn't, it didn't shock me because I saw it clinically, right? So I saw it clinically and across the board, all ages, all genders, all socioeconomic levels. Like it, you know, a lot of times we think, well, if, if I have this education, I have this job, I make this much amount of money that somehow that's going to go away. And it really doesn't because the mindset hasn't changed. So, you know, today we work predominantly with business owners, professionals, healthcare, dentists, doctors, lawyers, that's kind of the majority in terms of who we serve. And it's always such a privilege when I, like yesterday, I have a a women's entrepreneur mastermind and I was working with the women a lot. Most of all of them are like some kind of healthcare professional or business owner. And we were talking yesterday, literally around the limiting beliefs that that we all have. And, you know, it was just such a sacred place for all these very, you know, externally successful women, you know, from the outside world, They're, they're crushing it in the business, but in a safe place, people start letting their guards down and start sharing about these limiting beliefs and we all have them. Like there's nobody on that's listening to this right now that does not have some type of limiting belief. Uh, we all have them. I still get them. And so you have to kind of, uh, you know, being a great leader, being a great business owner, you have to kind of be aware of it and then root it out as fast as possible. Because if we don't, it can really cause enormous problems in terms of paralysis, not wanting to take risks, procrastinating, uh, in terms of it can affect our relationships. So um, that 70% is very, very real. But the great thing is we can learn how to overcome it. 
Yeah, that's what that's what the book is really. I mean, you could add a few zeros to the price; it'd still be <laughs> well worth it. Right. <laughs> I'd love to make sure everyone gets a chance to learn more about the programs you're teaching because I think it'd be awesome if they engage with that. Uh, let's talk about those attitudes, right? That really drive how we behave. You you identified these and have really. I, I love it because it's three things we can remember. It's not like a list right. of twenty two items. Can we talk about those three things with the listeners and maybe how they affect our capacity as leaders? Yeah, no, it's great. So I want everyone to visualize um, a stage and visualize three chairs on that stage. So we've got the left chair, the middle chair, and the right chair. And uh, this is a concept that I created almost 30 years ago. It was I was in my second year of practice. Uh, if you've seen my TED Talk, I kind of kind of explain this, but just really quick so everybody's kind of uh, on the same page. So it was my second year of practice, and I, working with teenagers, realized there's a lot of people that really struggle, again, with this imposter syndrome. And so I kind of wanted to get my hands on good research and found all kinds of incredible research that was done on the topic, but it was coming from all these different sources, all these different journals. And I just wanted, and it was just so powerful, but because it's obviously it's science, but I wanted to, as a quick way to kind of summarize all this beautiful research. So I came up with this concept called the three chairs. So it's all based on science, but it's essentially around three different attitudes that all of us have. And you can apply this to yourself. You can apply it to your team, your clients, your patients, your children, your spouse, your friends. It really, it's across all ages. So the person on the left chair, so that left chair is what we call the I call it the blind attitude. It's basically the person that really they put themselves down. They put themselves down. They're tough on themselves. Uh, they can be externally look like they're quite successful, but they essentially have the imposter syndrome. They are super critical of themselves and they are blind to their own strengths. That's why I call it the blind attitude. In clinical terms, it's called low self-esteem, but in my book, I call it the blind attitude. The right chair, the far right chair, is what I call the arrogant attitude. And this is the person, they're arrogant, they're full of themselves, they put people, you know, they blame things on other people, uh, they're super cocky. And so in the clinical term, it's called false self-esteem, but in my book, I call it the arrogant attitude. And then you've got the middle chair. And the middle chair is what I call the confident attitude. And this is the person that they, they, feel, they feel really confident about who they are. They're part of that 30%. They like who they are. They, they've got, they, they're aware of their strengths. They, they know what their weaknesses are, but they're working on them. And they have this really beautiful sense of confidence and humility. And because of that humility, they're open to learn. They're open to feedback. They're open to kind of put their hand up and ask for help. And so essentially you have these three different attitudes. And uh, when I speak about it and when I talk about it in the book, I, the first step is for everybody to really think about, okay, where am I sitting the majority of the time? So nobody's going to sit in one seat 100%, but where do you see yourself sitting the majority of the time? And then how do you think that impacts your life and your decisions? How do you think it impacts goal setting and relationships and friendships and how you hire? Um, it's And so the, the rest of the book really talks about the research around if a person sits in the left chair or the middle chair, what actually is likely to happen? And um, it actually gives people a lot of goose, goosebumps, actually, when they start reading it, because, you know, a lot of times we think that, you know, well, I'm just, you know, choosing, I'm just hiring this person because I kind of like them. And then when you actually read the book, you realize, oh, wow, there's like a lot of unconscious and subconscious things that are actually going on about why I'm attracted to certain people. And so when you actually start kind of connecting the dots on how these attitudes impact based on research, 
communication, our relationships, our goal setting, uh, you really start to realize why so many of our decisions, and it's like 80, 90% of our decision-making is actually unconscious. So when we can kind of be aware of it, then we can actually start changing consciously uh, different steps, what we can do to kind of help ourselves sit in that middle chair. Yeah, I want to I want to highlight the self awareness, but I want to just say that I really connected with because I think a lot of dentists and orthodontists that listen to this are perfectionists, which is fine clinically, right? Teeth, right? We deal yeah. in micro or micromillimeters, but yeah. we take that into our personal lives. And I think like everyone listening, like, well, I I only want to sit in the confident chair. Like that's just not how life works. Like right. we will occasionally slip over into a different chair. But what resonated with me was, you know, where are you sitting most of the time? Because yeah. that really affects how employees see us. It affects how we communicate, right? It affects how we set goals, everything, our relationships, but specifically to business owners, right? I just think of the leader who is not aware of this and it's just not communicating clearly with their team on where we're headed, why, how we're going to get there. So anyways, I just wanted to highlight this. Great. Totally. And, and one, the first actually, just to kind of make this really practical. So a lot of times people are like, okay, where do I actually start? The first step, I mean, certainly get the book, uh, you know, it'll kind of do a huge uh, uh, deep dive for you. Uh, but another great resource to really uh, say, where do I start to learn to sit in the middle chair? We have a really great uh, leadership scorecard, and it measures the five kind of sub skills to sit in that middle chair. And you can go to our website. It's dkleadership.org. Um, dkleadership.org, O-R-G. I'm Canadian, so O-R-G is very popular in Canada. Sure. Uh, people yeah. always ask me about that. So, uh, But it's on our website. It's a free resource. You can download it for yourself. You can download it for your team. And what it does is it really helps you to look specifically. Like We can think that we're sitting in that middle chair, and then when we do this scorecard, we realize, oh, wow, okay, so I'm I'm – I am kind of sitting in that middle chair, but there, I'm doing well on three of these skills, but this, these other two I've really got to work on. So the scorecard really kind of goes more details in terms of what are the specific skills we need to have in order to sit in that middle chair around goal setting, decision making, communication, stress and energy, emotion management. Like it really kind of goes into the details. And it's a really great exercise to do as an individual, as a business owner. It's great to do with your team. And to be honest, it's a really great tool for hiring because you actually want to make sure that you're hiring people that are in the middle chair and that you're hiring people that have these five sub skills. Yeah. For listeners, again, I'll sound like a broken record, but this isn't a book you just read and sit on the shelf. At the end of every chapter, there are examples and worksheets and exercises to go do. And it's really great. And I always, I love talking to authors like you because these are books that I wish I had like in sixth grade. Like these are things I wish I had a long time ago. (laughs) Yes, uh, yeah. I know it's true. And you know, it's it, I do some volunteering at a camp for high school students, and they wanted me to teach the three chairs to them. And I was like, the most beautiful thing to have high school students using their own camp tech money to buy the book because they wanted to give it to their parents, and it had such an impact. Wow. And I was like, wow. oh my goodness! I literally, I was like, wow, it really resonates. And I did a TED talk. I don't know, Dustin, if you've seen it, but I did a TED talk um, on the book. And I wrote, so I wrote the book for business owners. It is a business leadership book. That, that was kind of the audience. When I did, when I was asked to do the TED, so it hit Wall Street Journal number two, which was great. And then I was approached to do a TED Talk after the book came out. And I decided for the TED Talk, I would do it a little different. It was still about the three chairs, but I wanted to make it a bit of a wider audience. So I talked more around how the three chairs impacts uh, your children um, and and schools and you know different age groups. So 
I, my envision with it is that parents could watch it with their kids and schools could watch it in the classroom and teams could actually watch it in the boardroom. So, you know, it's a great resource. Again, just a free resource to kind of continue the learning. It's brilliant. We'll post a link to it. And yeah, that's exactly how we, how we found you. Then I saw the book. Okay. Uh, I think a lot of our listeners have children that are in that stage of life where they're trying to figure out, you know, what do they want to do with the rest of their life? They're maybe, you know, middle school, high school, going yes. to college. And so a lot of the stuff we, a lot of the authors we bring on are kind of like, we're kind of talking to two audiences, right? Like the yes. business owner, but also mom and dad saying, yes. hey, these are things that will help. I think truly it's not just high praise. It's, it's, it's I, I truly wish I had this when yes. I was much younger because I, it would have uh, eliminated a lot of emotional decisions yes, early totally. as a business owner and to allow me to understand why I was making those decisions. Uh-huh. One of the areas of the book I highlight, I literally took a highlight or two, is all about assertiveness. I think mean, this may be just mm-hmm. me and my, my own uh, uh, self-esteem issue perhaps, but I mean, specifically as it pertains to giving feedback to team members, I struggled with this mm. for years. And you also said like, hey, there's this technique that's popular in psychology. And and I kind of n- didn't think it was that great of an idea. Can we talk about assertiveness and how yeah, to get feedback sure. and what you've learned? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, let me just really highlight what you said is exactly our audience. You know, I started in family work in the clinical side, then was asked to start working in more businesses. So the last 20 years I've been working with global businesses but what's so interesting is as we were teaching leadership skills to business owners, exactly with what you said, I had so many business owners going, gosh, I wish I learned this. And I really want my kids to learn these yes. skills. Like, so that's literally why we created our leadership academy so that we can teach leadership skills. There's courses and master classes. There's live Q and A's. We teach it so that business owners can learn what they need for their business. But then we have courses and master classes for their kids. And we have actually one class, one course is actually specifically around how do you actually help your kids find their dream career? Like, so think of it like a toolbox. There's these leadership skills that all of us need to learn the same tools, but we just use them in a different way. Like when we're talking about assertiveness, assertiveness, we need that tool in our business. When we're a business owner, we need that tool. Well, guess what? Our high school students also need to learn how to be assertive with their friends. So, you know, that's kind of the beauty of this topic is that what, if we can, and that's why we created the Leadership Academy so that we could really teach it to business owners and their families. So in, in reference to your assertiveness topic, which is, I think, one of the most practical uh, parts around leadership is when we think about uh, feedback. Okay. So, we need to have feedback. We need f- feedback as a superpower. Uh, feedback allows us to know what, what we're doing well, what needs work. The challenge is that according to with where you're sitting, what chair you're sitting in, people uh, don't necessarily receive feedback very well. So the left chair, they tend to uh, really kind of blame themselves. They, they tend to be super, super hard on themselves regarding feedback. And a lot of times they are what I call feedback fragile. You try to give them feedback and they just kind of fall apart. Like, so it's really hard as a business owner, you've got a team member and you're trying to give them a couple of pointers and they're just kind of like falling apart. They're unraveling. That will happen if you're hiring people in that left chair. The right chair, what often happens with feedback is they will kind of turn the turn the tables and turn it and blame you on it. So they'll somehow gaslight you, turn it around and kind of blame you for it. And that's very typical of that right chair. The middle chair, they're, they're the most open to feedback. You want to hire people in the middle chair. You want to promote people from the middle chair. Um, you want to develop yourself in the middle chair. And it's the idea that, you know, you really are feedback hungry. You're, you're looking for it. And so assertiveness is, it is the same kind of thing. So the person that's sitting in that middle chair, they're really, they're not only open to feedback, 
Uh, but they actually seek it out. They actually know that the only way they're really going to improve is to get feedback. Uh, so that's a huge part. And then the other piece to it is that the, it really is the only chair that is assertive, where they have a real clear idea around what I think, what I need, what I want. And in a beautiful, gracious, loving way, they will stand, they will voice that. And that is very much of a cornerstone of a person who actually sits in the middle chair. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. the last time you evaluated your credit card processing statement. Our partners at Stacks are offering a free savings analysis for our listeners, where they will actually take your merchant statement with your current processor and show you where you're overpaying. Stacks has saved orthodontics practices over 40% per month on payment processing costs. So don't wait. Get your free savings analysis today and see how much you're overpaying for your credit card processing. Go to stackspayments.com forward slash Burleson dash seminars to schedule your savings analysis today. Plus, as a special offer for our podcast listeners, if you sign up today, you can get your first two months of payments processing costs waived from Stacks. Once again, that's stackspayments.com forward slash Burleson dash seminars. Stop overpaying. Start saving. And now, Back to the program. Yeah, again, it's it's huge for listeners who are going right now and have been since the pandemic struggling with hiring and and finding great talent to help provide excellent care to patients. And Mm -hmm. it's such an important thing. It's not just who's the next available person that can do this job. Is it how, you know, truthfully, how how do those people approach everything in life? How how do they show up in your business with your patients? Which chair are they sitting in? Yes. And then how do we communicate to them? Because you've got a great acronym uh, on setting communication boundaries called START. Mm -hmm. I I, I know there's so much I want to talk to you about. We don't have time Mm -hmm. to, to do the entire book, but I would highly recommend members get into and think about how they're setting expectations. Cause that was something mm. again, I d- didn't even struggle with. I just failed in that regard, trying mm. to be a better mm-hmm. leader. Um, I don't know if you have it, maybe one of the favorite uh, or a story about a, a leader you've worked with and, yeah. and helping them set those boundaries. Sure. For sure. And you know, let me just really uh, affirm everybody here that's listening because I was, I did my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. That was kind of my clinical training. Then like I said, started in family practice. And then I specialized in multi-generations. And so then I was asked by uh, companies to kind of teach their leadership teams and business owners. So that's kind of how I kind of evolved into kind of like more of the corporate culture. But one of the things that was really interesting, as we actually started working with businesses, and we work with companies now in seven, six or seven different countries, uh, interestingly, dentists and lawyers and accountants are three of the most popular groups we work with. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, it's interesting. And and I kind of like think back about what is it about these three groups? I know from my own background, you know, all my trainings in, you know, uh, marriage and family and in psychology. And yet when I started my practice, I was not taught about business. I was not taught about managing people. I was not taught, like I learned clinical skills, but managing people and building a business are totally different set of skills. 
And, and so that's why we can be really great at our skill, our technical skill or IQ, but that EQ, if we have not really developed and if we don't know where to go for it. And I remember I was scrambling. I was in my mid twenties. My practice was really exploding. And I was like, I need to get some business training. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing in this area. I, so it was very kind of intuitive. And I decided to get myself a coach. Uh, I got myself a coach. I got myself a mentor. I started taking courses um, and really understanding the mechanics on how do I, how do I, how can I really like learn these skills? What are the best practices for building a really successful practice and to scaling it properly? And what are things I have to look for, for hiring? And then all of a sudden everything started falling into place. All of a sudden I realized, oh, these skills that I've been teaching on the family side, this actually is completely applicable to businesses. And so if I can kind of, if, if I can, if I've had to learn it for my own self and now I can actually teach it to other businesses and I just see the lights go on. Nothing gives me more joy than I, one of my clients yesterday was a dentist and she was talking about how she was applying these business skills that we've been working with her on, on how she could, it now all of a sudden her, her team is better equipped because she's got clarity on her vision and her values and what she's expecting. And she's more in that middle chair now. And so she's able to now communicate that to her team before she wasn't, she was getting frustrated that her team members were not doing with what she's, she expected, but being a great leader in that middle chair. And again, there's so many different kinds of sub skills we have to teach. And this scorecard is again, a good spot, a good starting point, but a great leader, a great business owner who sits in that middle chair, they have clarity on where what their vision is. They have clarity on what their vision is personally, but also vision for their business. Like, do they have clarity on their vision, their values, their purpose? Do they have clarity on their value system? Do they have clarity on their objectives? Uh, how are they going to be measuring those, those goals? How are they going to be communicating that to their team internally and externally? We actually have another, I just thought of this. We have another great resource. It's on our website. It's all, these are, it's all free. Uh, it's like 10 steps that every entrepreneur and business owner needs to make sure they have in their toolbox. It's like a checklist. You can kind of go through it. It's really great for business owners to kind of be like, okay, I'm doing these five, but whoa, I'm not doing these five. It's kind of like the framework. And it's teaching all these leadership EQ skills, but really specifically to business owners. And then how do you actually kind of roll that out? Because I would say one of the biggest errors I see working with business owners is that we think, why are they not getting this? Why are my people not doing their job? Why do I have to keep following up? You know, and and it, accountability is a massive problem for a lot of teams, but if you don't have a proper structure in place and you haven't been clear about your expectations, people won't follow you. Like, so there's, we have to set it up properly as a business owner, being a great leader in that middle chair, being a great entrepreneur, there's a best practice of how do we properly set this up. And when you, when you set up the right structure, people follow. But if you don't set up the right structure, people kind of scramble. And so this is the, what I would say one of the biggest things working with small businesses around that we see. Yeah, I, it's I, there's so much I want to <laughs> dig into there. First, I want to just affirm and highlight in, in our work, we see so many great practices. And, and one of the common themes is the leader is in the leadership team. They are effectively and clearly communicating the vision, the expectation, yes. the, the, the metrics, how we're playing this yeah. game. And yeah. there's accountability. And it's just, and then I, then I want to dig into, because you said, you know, one of the biggest things 
we need as a leader, I think the best thing you can do for, for people in your care is to be structured and organized, to have a structure. Yeah. Clarity of vision. I am, yes. I, yeah. I am no longer shocked because it's so common. But my yeah. first question when meeting with a new doctor who says, I want to grow my practice. And my first question is, well, how big? Right. And they're like, well, as big as it can get. And I thought, that's not the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what have you seen that? Like, and what, oh, what would you goodness. say in clarity yeah. of vision? What What's the first step? someone could take yeah. to maybe start to wrap their head around that. Yeah, it was it's such a it was such a problem that that's actually why we launched a women's entrepreneur mastermind specifically just in the fall and I we got such a crazy response from it because they they're you know they're all professional women, they're they're dentists, accountants, lawyers like I said, interior designers like a huge range, manufacturing, we've got the the whole gamut, but this was a thing that I I just found that there's a process in place that has to be in motion for teams to follow. And so, like I said, the first step is really getting clarity on your vision and your values and actualize those values and get clarity on, on your on your purpose and then to kind of go into the goals. I kind of do it in, in, that, in that order. And again, the business 10-step pathway that we have on our website will kind of, it, it has all of this in writing so people don't have to frantically be writing notes. But the First step in order to do that, so yeah, down, download it as kind of your your uh, guidebook, but is to actually set aside time. So one of the things I find with a lot of business owners that we work with is that they're so reactive, right? So they're really working in their business, not on their business. They are they are constantly like putting up fires. Uh, they they're just they don't have a clear plan, and to really develop a solid business strategy plan, you really do have to structure time outside of the office. I know for myself and our business, I can't generally do this kind of work in the office. I'll just get distracted. The phones will ring. I need to kind of set some time outside. And so whether or not that's going to like a Starbucks for like a few hours or go to a, you know, go to, you know, a cabin or something, go, get yourself out of your office and really start kind of putting pen to paper on what is my vision? Uh, what is my vision that I have? What are the, uh, the what is the purpose that we have? What are the values that I actually want to get really clear on that? And then once you have clarity on that piece, then you start going into the goals. Uh, then you can kind of start. And we get when we work with companies on this, we get them to do it in one year and three years. And the goals, uh, we've got the objectives and then we've got the actual metrics. And we get them to be extremely specific because if it's not specific, people don't won't know in terms of actually uh, what they're being actually accountable for. And then once you've got clarity of that piece from the entrepreneur, from the business owner, then we kind of move to the next level and how do we actually communicate this to our team and what are different team members going to be accountable for, for that. So, but all of that, requires leaders to be in the middle chair because it's clarity of vision. It's clarity in terms of with what I want. It's the goal setting. And now I'm actually teaching time management and communication. So it's kind of like all of these kind of different skills all kind of wrapped up in one. But when we do it really well, what happens is businesses grow. They grow. Uh, Team members are more excited. They're more energized. They're more engaged. You will have higher retention. I can almost guarantee you for this because this is with what team members are looking for. Team members want to work for a leader in the middle chair. They do. And I, um, one of our clients out of California, it's interesting. She was, she had an offer to work at another company and she was kind of tossing between these two different jobs. And she decided to stay with the client that, that, uh, is one of our clients. And, and I asked her, I said, why did you decide? She's like, because the leader is sitting in the middle chair and, uh, I just love how he leads. I love how he has it structured. And I decided to take less pay because I like this as a, as a, 
culture. It's from it's a better cultural fit for my value system. And so it is really, really important for everybody listening. Like these are doable skills. Like all of us can learn them, but we do have to have the right structure in place uh, in order to really kind of um, ignite it. It, you, everyone listening, just rewind the last 30 seconds and listen to it a few times because that's a, that's a roadmap and a goal buy. And thank yeah. you for sharing that. I We've had Roger Martin on the show a couple of times. He's a Dean Emeritus at uh, Rotman School of Management and the University okay. of Toronto. And he's, such, he's like today's Peter Drucker. And he said this thing and I just jotted it down on a probably misquote it. I have to go back and look up the actual quote. But it resonates with the, the theme of what you're saying. He says, in the average business, right, especially in small businesses, most of the decisions are not plans. They're not strategic. They're tourniquets, right? right? It's it's like an immediate reaction, like applying a tourniquet to, you know, a limb that needs immediate attention. We right. run around from fire to fire dealing with whatever problem is at hand, but we don't actually make planned decisions. And yeah. you just gave a recipe for making planned, clear, strategic decisions. And the, and the outcomes aren't just, oh, life is easier and you know, things are running smoother. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But also employees are more engaged, right? Yeah. Employees stay longer. In great companies, the yeah. employees stay a long time. And now I'm thinking back to where this conversation started because Roger is friends with Izzy Sharp, the founder of the Four Seasons, where the average employee mm-hmm. at the Four Seasons stays like 20 years or something. Their, their retention rate is like 95%. Mm. Yeah. And he highlights, he said, if you go to a Four Seasons and you ask a question, First of all, there's no customer service department, right? Because right. everyone is in that department. Right. But you ask an employee who's 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 in front of you, they've on average been there for 18 years. If you ask the average employee at another hotel brand where the retention rate is the opposite, like 5%, they're, they're there for, you know, 18 months, their whole career. They have no idea how to answer a question in front of a customer. So I just... I love that that framework. So that tool, give us the website again so that we can go download that checklist. For sure. It's at www.dk, which stands for Dr. Karen, leadership.org, O-R-G. Yeah. And there's lots and lots of freebies on there. You can get the uh, leadership EQ scorecard, which is definitely a good one for you to kind of think about you know, your own overall leadership. There are five sub skills to sit in that middle chair. So that kind of helps you measure that. I love metrics. Then we've got the 10 steps to being a great business owner. These are the kind of like the 10, 10 things you just have to have in place. Like every great company has these 10 things in place. So it's, again, it's a great little check uh, checklist to kind of go through them. And all of those things require us to be sitting in the middle chair. So that's a really great resource, obviously, as a business owner as well. And I just want to really reiterate, like I just... One of the reasons I love, love, love doing this work so much is because I see what happens when people actually learn it and then apply it. And like, like you said, like this is not what I, what I, I think love working with, with professionals is I'm dealing with very smart people, like people who've got great brains, great IQ, they can absorb material actually really fast. Uh, they just sometimes need somebody to show them in terms of like, how do you actually apply some of this leadership EQ things? But once yeah. we actually show them how to do it and I watch how they, I watch the benefits, right? All of a sudden they feel more confident. They feel more energized. The stress kind of comes down because they've actually got a roadmap. And now because they're in an emo- a better emotional space, now that's going to be very magnetic to the people around them, their team members, their patients, their family. Like there, there's nothing but benefits to come. Like there's literally nothing but benefits come out of this work when we say, you know what? I really want to do this. I want to kind of really you know, put my hand up and actually learn how to sit in that middle chair as my own leader, but also be a great business owner who's sitting in that middle chair. This is totally doable, but we do have to do, we have to do the work and then we reap the benefits of that work. 
Yeah. The nice thing is, is the, the book highlights, you know, your 20 plus years of experience in the clinical field. And now that you, it's not just like, oh, I think this would work for business owners. You've been doing this at a high level, right? I yeah. mean, like, it's just huge. I saw the book skyrocket, as you said, to number two in the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. That's kind of a big deal. There's a lot of people in our membership that read that every day. And I just, in the TED Talk is brilliant. I could talk to you all day. I just, I'm so honored you came on the show. And I'd like to make sure everyone gets a chance to learn more about you. We'll post a link to the TED Talk. We'll post a link to your website. Please, everyone, get through the book. And I'm going to include some more notes because I took uh, great highlighted notes on things like triangulation. How do we stay flexible in our mindset? I want to give yes. a highlight to go look at decision making, stress and anxiety. And you've got some really cool tools on refueling. And so this book is, <laughs> it's really like five books. It's so, so good. And I just, it's such an honor to talk to you. I want you to finish with any thoughts about like where people listening can take the first step if they want to engage with you or DK Leadership. What does that look like? And uh, we'll leave the last minute or so to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, we'll definitely go to the website. Like I said, there's got we've got so many free resources just to kind of help, you know, help people get started. But definitely check out our Leadership Academy. It's we we have structured it specifically for we designed it for professionals, professionals that want to learn leadership skills in a really fast, fast way for themselves, fast way for their team, fast way for their children. It's kind of like a one-stop shop to kind of really teach leadership to all parts of our life. So that's a really great place uh, for professionals. And a lot of our programs, you can actually get your professional education credits, depending on with what kind of part of our program you use. So you can actually, you know, you can actually get some of your credit certificates for your professional designation. We have a lot of people use it, uh, use it for that too. But I just want to really encourage people to really realize that this is doable. Like a lot of times people feel really deflated or I don't know, this isn't going to do anything. And I just, I see over and over again, the, the positive benefits when people actually uh, really put their head down and do and do the work for it. And so this this is doable not only for themselves, but their business and their family. Like it's everybody, everybody wins. So um, I just really want to encourage uh, everybody listening to uh, to really think about that. And thank you so much, Dustin. Hopefully we'll have to do like a part two. I feel like there's a whole yes. other layer. Yeah, yeah. we we'll got to bring you back. Yeah, yeah we'll have to, we'll have to do a, a bit of a part two and, and it, we can kind of focus on a different area. But uh, But thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy just to chat with you. Dr. Gordon, thank you. It's such an honor. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Burleson Box. And a special thank you to Dr. Karen Gordon for coming on the show today. I had a ton of fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to leave us a review and spread the word. Share the podcast with your friends, colleagues, and employees. Subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use to consume your podcasts. And I look forward to seeing you right here next time inside another episode of The Burleson Box. Dr. Burleson here. You've heard that real estate should be a part of every investor's portfolio, but maybe you're unsure where to start. My good friend and colleague, Dr. David Phelps, leads an investor community that has ditched the traditional Wall Street model for the stability of real estate assets. They are called Freedom Founders, and they do real estate really, really well. David's Freedom Blueprint reveals exactly how much you need to retire. Some of my top clients have done the program. They speak highly of David and his Freedom Blueprint. With the certainty of their passive real estate investments, Freedom Founders members are free to spend more time with family or even leave the practice altogether. David has put together some special resources for my listeners. To access, just text Dustin to 972-203-6960. 
or go to freedomfounders.com forward slash Burleson.